Welcome to this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Today, this week, I'm going to be discussing the science, the paranormal, the mystery behind the ever-expanding Star Wars universe. Discussing the dangers of AI taking on too much of its own thought process, what it could mean for the future of the human race, plus how really cool and how much fun artificial intelligence can be, how beneficial it can be for us as humans on this planet and our future. I will be interviewing and discussing this with my good friend and fellow sci-fi nerd Joshua Montgomery, Professor Montgomery from Southern State University. Uh, he's also third cousin twice removed, so no, there is no nepotism here. I just thought it would be a really interesting topic and the perfect person to discuss this with. In fact, he is a droid-making master. He has made two droids from the Star Wars universe, fully animatronic, and he's working on a third. But I will let him tell you the rest, and this is just a mere introduction to this entire episode. Once again, I'm Neil Parks. This is Paranormally Speaking. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Hey, how are we doing, Josh? Hey, Neil, how's it going? Great. Good to hear from you. I'm glad that this worked out. This is the first time I've actually done any kind of an interview with anyone via this app like this yeah direct zoom video link well hopefully it works out well i've not done the anchor app yeah it's it's very easy to use it's the most user-friendly one that i've used for podcasts yeah fantastic Uh, so so what are we talking about tonight we are talking about the science and the paranormal within Star Wars, the expanded universe, the ever-expanding universe, and uh, the significance of of droid creation and the implications that it could have on our society. Oh, okay. Now, first, what I'd like for you to do for me, for my listeners, is to introduce yourself, because I cannot do that justice. <laughs> uh, just my title of what I do, or just in, in, in general? Yeah, who you are. That way, if anyone's interested, they can look you up and whatever you have available through your TED Talk or yeah. whatever, they could hook up with and learn so much more from you than what I'm providing today. Yeah. Um, my name is Josh Montgomery, Assistant Computer Science Professor at Southern State Community College. I'm a uh, TEDx speaker. You'll find my TED Talk on TEDx Dayton. I did that in my talk in 20, uh, 2020. I am also an inventor, a droid builder, and lifelong learner. Yeah, that's a, I couldn't have said it better myself, but uh, you definitely know yourself better than anyone else. Now, uh, I have a few questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, some are fun, some are a little more thought-provoking. Uh, for, mm-hmm. for starters, what was the first droid that you built? You know, it's it's kind of interesting. I've been asked that question before, you know, uh, where'd you start at? And uh, my first droid I ever built was R2-D2. And uh, that's, that's usually kind of odd. Uh, I got into uh, robotics uh, and droid building 
about five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always, I've been a computer science professor. I've, you know, I've been a programmer. I have a degree in that area, IT, information systems, those kind of things. And I wanted to get into robotics and uh, saw a couple guys building R2D2. Uh, just saw a replica, looked into that and saw so it was, you know, something that's possible. You could do something like this. And so I just started that journey. And oddly enough, my first droid that I built was a two and a half year project. I remember <laughs> you telling me that face to face. Now, yeah. the the one that they built was it was an animatronic or was it just a docile unit? Uh, the one I saw online was an animatronic uh, R two. I, I couldn't even tell you who who uh, who I saw the first time. I uh, you know when I I saw that video of a guy a couple guys building R two D two, but it was fully animatronic. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I've had people contact me about building droids for them. And, and it's everything from animatronic droids to some people just want it to look a certain way. Uh, there was a, uh, a guy who owns a winery up in Michigan contacted me a few months ago and wanted to know how much it would cost to build R2-D2. But he didn't need it to move, he said. So, oh, that's cool. I told him, I, yeah, and I told him, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, contact the Droid Builders Club, something of that nature. This one maybe will help you out, but I can't make money on something that's owned by Lucas Films, and uh, I just don't have time to do that right oh, now. Oh yeah, but it was pretty fun to be contacted. Now, uh, a cool uh, tidbit between uh, the history between you and I. I, I know you're my mm-hmm. wife, and you have worked together on and off in different projects and in the school systems mm-hmm. for many years. But then when we found out that you and I are like third cousins twice removed or something crazy like i think so it yeah. just all kind of clicked especially <laughs> with our mutual love and respect for the star wars universe and sci-fi in general and yeah you, you have a pretty fantastic collection i appreciate that thank you so much uh, i think i sent you the link to the new and improved fully renovated and moved around everywhere in this man cave yeah. and it, it's laid out a lot better now uh, you can take in so much more with the way i spread it out so it's not like if you have uh, ADD, it, it's not too much for you to take in. Gotcha. Gotcha. There's, there's quite a bit down there. Uh, very impressive. And you made a replica Boba Fett suit uh, not too long ago, a yeah. few years ago, in fact. And it was approved by the 501st, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that's how I first got into uh, prop building. Um, my, uh, my daughter and I decided to go to our very first comic convention. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I didn't know that we had those local. I thought those were just in California. Yeah. It was, so it was, it, was, it was the Columbus Comic Con. It was during Halloween. And, uh, you know, we were, we were already a year out from going. I'm like, man, let's, let's dress up with Star Wars characters and let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I got all of my friends involved. Um, we had a, uh, a, a Stormtrooper go. Um, I went as Boa Fett. My daughter went as Princess Leia. Uh, one of my buddies went as Lando Calrissian. Uh, my daughter went as a dark Jedi. You know, everybody's picked a character, and I, I just can't do something half measured. I'm not sure what's wrong <laughs> with me. And <laughs> and I found that the the 501st have a, a club to build vet costumes, and so I reached out to one of the the guys who has casting. Yeah, and he was he was one of the main guys, and he had a he actually had one of the original Return of the Jedi Boba Fett helmets that he would cast off of. And he's like, "Oh man, I'm a year and a half out. Yeah, I can't really sell any." any castings, you know, but I put you on the list. I'm like, ah, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Literally a month later, he contacted me. Hey, someone fell through. They can't, I got a whole casting done. Do you want all the pieces? I'm like, yes. So I, I bought the castings, which probably cost me, I don't know, between 500 to $1,000. I forget how much the castings cost to get the replica pieces of the armor. And it is come as pieces of plastic and fiberglass. And uh, I spent, I don't know, 
a few months painting it, putting it together, finding things that could attach different pieces. And we went up to uh, the, the comic convention and, and had a blast. That is awesome. We, yeah, we, uh, it, t- it took me another year of collecting pieces and parts and researching where Lucasfilms got this piece that went in this shoe kind of thing um, to, to get it fully certified. And uh, it's kind of a kind of funny story from that. I, I used that, that prop after I'd built it. Um, I went to a couple places. We had a really great time with it. And I just, uh, I was pretty much done, you know, at that point and sold it to fund R2D2. So. Yeah. I remember when you sold that, I, I was, my heart was broken, but I, I think you, you had a greater <laughs> outcome as an end result for having sold that. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, you know, uh, another question to build off of uh, the first droid that you built. What was the entire process in building that droid? You know, there's there's all kinds of ways you could go about it in, in building like a full R two D two. And so I joined the R two D two Builders Club. Uh, on there, they have schematics of people have scanned all the pieces of R2. People have had access to Lucasfilm archives. Some people from Lucasfilms um, work from the Droid Builders Club or have hired from the Droid Builders Club. So you have access to all these 3D files. That's cool. Um, I started off first as a uh, as a full wood build. I, I started cutting wood and legs and all those other kind of pieces. <laughs> and I, it just didn't turn out as well as I liked it to. And so I got to move from that. Um uh, I got the two shells from Darren Murray out of, out of uh, uh, Texas. Yeah. He had uh, R2-D2 shells that he would sell that had like punches of places that you'd have to cut out of his head, but he would sell you the actual dome that was perfectly uh, spun correctly. And so that's, that's kind of the second process. And then it was just, it's just years and years of collecting pieces or finding someone to see and see apart or, or welding something or, you know, uh, all those kind of pieces. I, I could probably spend a lot of time telling you every part where everything came from. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you just you just kind of take the first step, you know? And have you built other droids since? I mean, I know the answer to this, but my audience doesn't. So go on. Yeah, sure. Uh, you, you know, I took this experience and I rolled it into what I do in my classroom. So I do individualized student-based And you do some amazing work in your things. classroom. I've, I've watched your videos. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we were the uh, first um, first organization, first group to build a fully functional BB-8 in the state of Ohio. Um, we got some news coverage on that. That was mm-hmm. pretty great. Uh, we've built a, uh, a Mars rover, uh, another BB-8 we call CB-23. It's painted up like one of the uh, robots from uh, uh, Star Wars yeah. Resistance. Um, we, have a, we have a mouse droid. Um, and then a bunch of other small robots that runs around, and, and we're currently in the process of working on building a CPU. That would be epic. Uh, now, do you feel that like your process mm-hmm. for making these droids has improved, and are your newest droids better technologically speaking than your previous attempts? I'm definitely faster. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely know a lot more. You know, when I got into this process, I wanted to learn more about robotics, and so I've kind of rolled that into some classes, and. I definitely know more about it. And, and so it's it's more of me than teaching my students how to make a motor move or a sound file play or something of that nature, where we work more toward those endeavors. Um, the C-3PO project will be a big one that will take us a lot of time uh, to finish. But you know what? It won't take me two and a half yeah. years. Uh, you know, I think we've gotten down to building props in about a year, year and a half. We could we could do some really impressive things at that time. No, I like I know you're a teacher, but do you feel that your experience with this process has made you a better teacher and instructor, professor? 
You know, I, I think so. I think it's opened up the, the thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I learned so much through, through failure. And it's something in teaching that we, you know, we, we give Fs for failure, yeah. right? We, we, we penalize people for attempting something and not doing it correctly. And so, uh, you know, in, in a lot of my projects, I talk a lot about um, effort and, and failing and celebrating those failures. Quitting is the enemy of success. So if we don't quit, if they don't fail, if we don't give up, I should say, then we will get to some form of success. We will have some area of growth in our classrooms. And uh, I talk about that in my TED talk quite a bit. And I hit on that areas quite a bit. And I, I try to practice what I preach at the same time uh, to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm doing this as well. Because it's, it's hard. It's, it's not easy to, to do that kind of education. Oh, it's spoken like a true Jedi, I got to tell you. Now, is there <laughs> anything in particular that you've learned about the ever-expanding Star Wars universe that you were not aware of before diving into this? Uh, when, oh my goodness! Um, yeah, uh, with, without a doubt, you know when you when you start trying to make actual props from the movies, you realize where things come from. Sometimes it's from a hardware store down the road, right? <laughs> uh, and, and you get a chance to connect to some of these these people. I've I've got a chance to um, uh, exchange phone numbers and and talk to voice actors and and talk to people from the films and. And uh, meet them and uh, have them say great things about the work I'm doing, which is oh, just yeah. kind of crazy to think about, you know, and uh, that's that's pretty yeah, when pretty you're getting great. a pat on the Absolutely. back from those directly involved in the ever expanding universe. It's it's a real ego boost. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes you feel pretty good that you at least you're, you're doing something that they, they recognize. Like you know, and like when I was great. in college, I uh, went to OU. That's where Kristen and I met, of course. And I had mm -hmm. an instructor who uh, it was a free writing assignment. So I decided to do an entire uh, dive in to the ever expanding universe as we knew it then before it's continued to grow and did an actual mm -hmm. report on the biblical allusions within the story of Star Wars and realized that oh, there are okay. so many other world religions tied into the ever-expanding story and the amount of languages yeah. and cultures and even the diets of certain characters had to be created and then they mm -hmm. build on that and it ended up being an exceptionally long report but i got an a plus for yeah it, needless to say <laughs> <laughs> it's always good right there's norse mythology there's japanese mythology there's the hero's journey is is easily taught out of the star wars especially episode four five and six i have a psychology professor that i, I work with quite a bit in mm -hmm. southern state and he, he teaches a two semester hour class uh called star wars psychology and it's it's all oh, of those gorgeous. things that that you could tie in there uh, i i told him if he can get to the three semester hours i'll make it a requirement that would program. be nice <laughs> That's, that's what I said. And so uh, we, we have a good time. And uh, Oh, my God. The three of us in a room important. together would suck all the oxygen out. <laughs> Nerd yeah. talk. Now, now, do you have any plans for future droid projects? Uh, currently, C-3PO is, is the big one that we're currently working on right now. Uh, that I, I'd like to finish up an animatronic full life-size C-3PO that we can, we can control. That wouldn't be a costume, more of like a, a hand-controlled thing. Uh, that's the that's the big one right now. Now, will it be the Episode One version of C-3PO or the original trilogy version? 
trilogy version. Yeah, we'll go episode four more likely. Uh, my R2 is based upon episode yeah. four. Uh, it's actually based upon the one from that you see in uh, Tatooine and Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, yeah. know, home is, the, is my, my original. My paint scheme, my, my, my scratch patterns, all that kind of stuff is based off of that. <laughs> uh, I think there was a total of three. So, yeah. That's the really interesting thing you find out when you start doing prop building and that you want to get certified. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Boba Fett costume was kicked out of the 501st three separate times because my paint scheme was not accurate. Scratch patterns were off. The collars were wrong. I mean, you have to be spot on uh, <clears throat> to get to get to these places. Oh, I can so, imagine. Pretty well, isn't it? Pretty great. So, now, uh, what do you think the implications are for our society and the future with using droid technology? You know, it's it's both exciting and a little scary at the same time, right? You know, so science fiction can tell you quickly that you know robotics. Uh, can can go to some pretty crazy places, you know, Terminator movies, AI, and all those kind of things can take place. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that, you know, droid technologies, robots in general, continue to advance us to help us grow as, as a society. Uh, I don't know necessarily if that would be the case, but that's that's my hope and my dream. You know, you see some an organization like Amazon that uses droids to move products around that uh, make a lot of sense in terms of efficiency. Yeah. And you hope that those jobs then are going to people that are then running those droids and using their minds and not their backs. You hope that's where that's taking. Now an offshoot from that last question, when you were, were working with this AI, did you find at any point that it had a mind of its own? And if so, what do you think needs to be created so that AI helps us and doesn't hurt us? You know, is, is artificial intelligence here? You know, I don't know. Uh, that's a debate we have quite a bit in computer science about AI. You know, it seems like every time we get closer and closer to what is true artificial intelligence, we it's it seems like the, the standard goes a little bit higher. Oh, we could do this, but can it do this? You know, and those kind of things. So, in, in terms of artificial intelligence and and the growth of it and the programming in that space, you know, it, it's it's um it's it's a little bit scary and a little exciting at the same time. It's it's a lot like the droid conversation I had a second ago. <laughs> Where you you really hope that um, it doesn't get to the science fiction realm where you know AI has controls the military codes or the nuclear codes those kind yeah. of things, uh, but at the same time, having a intuitive system that you can speak with that can do processes and save you time, effort, and energy so you're able to do other things in your life, man, that's pretty great. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it truly is. I I was. I always like to tell people I like to um, uh, like Alexander Hamilton, like he was he was working like he was running out of time. He's writing like he's running out of time. And I like to live a very intentful life. And I, and I hope that artificial intelligence and these other droid type things open up us at a possibility of continuing to do more with our life and not less. Because something is taken away from you because you no longer have to do it. Well, then hopefully you're filling that time not with binging Netflix, but with doing something else that benefits oh, yeah. you. Absolutely. Now, outside of Force Ghosts, this is where I'm going to get into the creepy paranormal within the Star Wars, because there's a lot that I've discovered through the years and like the Legends series and uh, the expanded universe uh, before the new sequels came out. And they ditched a lot of stuff that was in the original books and graphic novels and comics Mm -hmm. and the animated Mm -hmm. series that have been on television or online even fan-made films have been pretty impactful um, outside of force ghosts 
does the paranormal exist in Star Wars? What's your take on that? Uh, outside of force and ghosts. Because we definitely have that in all the literature uh, where spirits are existing outside the realm of somebody dying. Right. Does it exist in any other place in the media? I don't think it is currently canonically that it exists. But I would assume, yes, you are. Uh, primarily from the mere fact that um, all creatures are content- connected to the Force. Mm-hmm. And your ability to come back into the material plane is what Jedis can do. However, all are connected. So I'd assume every essence has ability to have some type of... Spirit. Especially when you... Uh, the various other paranormal and supernatural phenomenon that takes place within the Star Wars universe. You've got... And the Clone Wars right. series and the Fallen Order, uh, the Night Sisters from uh, Doth Muir, uh, they can raise yeah, the dead and yes. use the Force That's... more like magic than uh, kinetic energy. And yeah, in uh, the, the canon of the expanded universe, there's a lot of pretty spooky stuff. For example, space schools that travel through hyperspace, uh, they are stuck mm-hmm. within that hyperspace region because there's very little known about. The blasting stars that you see in the front window of the Millennium Falcon, what exactly are they passing through? Mm-hmm. What is to their left and to their right and above and below? And they blast through so quickly mm-hmm. that nothing has a chance to adhere to them physically. But there are space sure. schools, according to certain graphic novels and various other pieces of literature, that uh, travel through hyperspace inadvertent time travel through hyperspace on top of that dimensional shifts uh there's a side story of han solo and chewbacca and a comic graphic novel i believe it was in the 1990s jumping through hyperspace and crash landing on earth in the 1600s and the native people dubbed chewbacca which is what we now know as sasquatch and they also ended up (laughs) killing han with arrows Yeah, uh, the force. And, and doesn't Indiana Jones find Han's body? Is, is, is that uh, part of that? That's scene? part of the scene in the comic. Um, Indiana Jones comes yeah, upon, okay, yeah. um, you know, a tomb and finds Han Solo's body, and remnants yeah. of the Millennium yeah. Falcon, uh, what was left of it. And on, on top of that, yeah. I'm, of course, I'm sure you remember in uh, Temple of Doom or what, Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's going through a uh, catacomb or some kind of a chamber and the on the wall behind him is a drawing of C3PO and R2D2 that's done in hybrid. Yeah, that's Yeah, that that's on the um 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 I'll shoot the uh, the, the broken testament yes. um the ark that's ark in the ark of the, of the covenant. covenant when he pulls that out of there when he pulls out the ark it's on the side you see R2D2 yeah. and C3PO or, or just or just I'm like ah that's I mean, the, the, the force is so. definitely uh, attributed to the paranormal and the supernatural. And you may remember an E.T. Okay. Uh, there's an E.T. Yoda connection. R2-D2 and C-3PO uh, uh, within yeah. the, the wall drawings of Indiana Jones. But an E.T. Uh, when he's dressed as a ghost and he encounters someone dressed as Yoda before mm-hmm. we were ever introduced yeah. to the Empire Strikes Back, which came out a year later. Uh, he recognizes him uh-huh. and starts saying home, home, and walking toward him. And then in the prequels, <laughs> they had the ambassador representation yep, yep. of E.T.'s home world <laughs> in the council, and they were all debating the issue. And it showed them. It's like, oh, my God, yep. E.T. is connected. E.T. is in the Star Wars yeah. universe. Absolutely. Yeah. I was aware of all that. That is, that is great stuff. And I, I love the connections of things. And uh, I love how Star Wars 
in the past has been really, really good at that. And they're, they're doing a much better job of that. I feel like maybe in episode seven and eight, they got a little away from that in a few places, but they've been the, yeah, good. they kind of chopped an axe <clears throat> through the, the mythology and folklore in episode seven, which there were good points about episode seven, but there were a lot of bad points. And it's, I blame it on the director. Yeah. He just did not get it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I got oh, I'm sorry, here. man. I hope it's not COVID. Uh, I hope not. It seems to be getting better. So I think I'm it's kind of like shape. when uh, uh, I believe it was James Wan when he did the Incredible Hulk with Eric Bana. He uh, had never read a yeah. Hulk comic in his life, and it was obvious because he missed the mark on that yeah. film so much. Yeah, you know, in episode eight, you know, I think the director's main objective that I read was he was trying to circumvent expectations to make a film that'd be surprising. Yep, you made you surprised me. (laughs) So I was yeah, you you literally spit on my childhood. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, really, not 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 a fan of uh, eight. And and there are evil spirits and demons in the Star Wars universe, (laughs) and among these were the uh, demon squid, the force sensitive demon Woodsack. The Ice Demon, the Nightmare Demon, and uh, Malibus, they are also referred through the name of the volcanic planet Demon Gate. And if you remember, there's okay. a species that it hypnotizes uh, people and lures them in, much like a mermaid. But they float like angels in space, and they're referred to as space angels or this other name I cannot recall right now. But Anakin referred to Padme as that when he met her the first time in episode one. Yeah, And he didn't yep. say the species. He just said, are you an angel? And it was in reference to that yep. species. Uh, the moon of... Uh, you can't, it's not in my head. Yeah, right um, Le- Lego. That, the moon of Lego. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's it. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times when, when George is writing these stories, you know, he's pulling from all the different mythologies and uh, both religious commentations mm-hmm. and so forth and, and trying to bring that to life, you know? Yeah, I, I really appreciate him doing that. <laughs> and J.J. Yes. Uh, yeah. Abrams, I uh, truly appreciate him doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have taken up enough of your time, my friend. I'll let you get back to your day. Oh, yeah. You've got um, D&D meeting tonight, so let me know how that goes <laughs> out because right, I'm living yeah. my life vicariously <laughs> through you having time to do that. I appreciate uh, you allowing me to piggyback yeah, through your you know, mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know how, how our, our next session goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, Josh. No, and, uh, no problem, Neil. All Thank right, you, you have a great rest of the weekend. Have a deal. You All too. Right. Have a good one, buddy. Yeah, see you. Bye. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Available to order now, my first audiobook. Neil Parks presents Truly Terrifying Tales.
narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of Paranormally Speaking this week. I'm Neil Parks, your host. A lot of thought-provoking questions should come to mind after listening to this in regards to our place in this world and the future of our society. Will it be run or overrun by robots or androids or some sort of symbiotes? Will we become irrelevant, expendable, easily disposed of? Movies like The Matrix, Matrix, The Matrix, AI, iRobot, various other films of that genre, Terminator, Terminator 2, especially Terminator 2, show us a grim dystopian future for our tampering with artificial intelligence and what it could mean for us and our place in this world. Will we be replaced? These are all thought-provoking questions, and a lot of people are more concerned about it than really taking the time to just think about it and understand the science behind it, and not so much the science fiction, but understanding that these things could definitely benefit us and can help us. Now, there's always a flip side to the coin, and the wrong hands could control the droid population and turn it into something dark and sinister with absolute power you have absolute corruption it happens absolutely so the problem may not be the droids themselves or the possibility of technology taking on a total mind of its own and taking us out and taking us over but it could be the mind that creates such technology could have evil means behind it not necessarily the fault of the ai but of the creator of the ai man is a complicated creature it's harder to control and understand and reason with mankind who has an opposing view and these are interesting times we live in i'm glad you sat through this and listened to the fun and carefree bantering between myself and professor josh montgomery Star Wars has always been or held a special place in my heart. I was two years old when the first film, which was episode four, came out in 1977. It was going on three years old. And it blew my mind. Now, I was raised on classic Star Trek and the original Doctor Who that was exclusive to the BBC and or PBS on Saturday nights. 
And, of course, vintage films, black and white, B-rated sci-fi films like The Day the Earth Stood Still, Plan 9 from Outer Space, the list goes on. I've always been fascinated with sci-fi and fantasy and even superheroes, but the topic being Star Wars, it really triggered something inside of me. The greater good, disposing of the greater evil, the balance of good versus evil, uh, the age-old battle, uh, spiritual warfare, and all of the bib biblical allusions within the Star Wars universe and how it really impacted me and my process of while well, growing. Uh, in Australia, it's established as a religion, in fact, that Jedi is on the census as a recognized religion. Now, Star Wars is not God to me, but I feel that God can work through Star Wars uh, to make us better if we just allow it, if you want to get technical. And the whole droid concept, I loved how in Star Wars they tied in where droids were not welcome in certain places. You can't be here, you're a droid. Very reminiscent of the Jim Crow days and, and the, the days of segregation. You can't be here because you're black. This water fountain is whites only. George Lucas was a true visionary and had a really good message within something as simple and silly as a sci-fi opera such as Star Wars. And this week I was happy to bring my process of thought and understanding and how we can apply the lessons learned from Star Wars to our own lives and into our own society. Droids are not the enemy. Androids are not the enemy. Cyborgs, maybe not the enemy. But those that create them may be creating them for a darker means. I'm Neil Parks. Thank you so much for listening to Paranormally Speaking. Have a great rest of the week. This is Neil signing off.